Republican strategist Carl Calabrese is with us on the Trocare College Live Line this morning. Uh, Carl, New Hampshire is now behind us. What was your expectation going in, and how close did that play out last night? Well, you know, I was following the polls, as, a, as I do every day with all of these primaries. And actually, the polls were pretty close uh, with Trump. The, the real clear politics average of polls had Trump at uh, 55% uh, going into the primary. He ended up with 545 uh, They missed on Haley. Uh, they had her down around 35%, and she obviously did uh, uh, much better than that. So they, they were wrong on that. And what happened was um, the undecideds, uh, in these in these polls broke heavily for Haley uh, at the end. Uh, people who decided late in the campaign broke for Haley. Uh, I've got to say this about her, though. She, she certainly knows how to play a news cycle. If you recall in Iowa, she finished third, and she gets up on the podium and she proclaims it a two-person race. Now, she's a CPA. She knows numbers. She knows that a third-place finish does not make it a two-person person race. But that was what you heard. Um, that, that was the clip. That was the sound. But you heard following Iowa. Last night, she gets up when and the returns were just coming in and she was only down four or five points. And she used that to say, you know, look, as a platform to say, look at how well we're doing in Iowa. And this is going to launch my campaign. She ended up losing by almost 12 points. But as I say, she knows how to she knows how to play a new cycle for a, for a good sound clip. You know, I'm wondering if, if we learned anything last night about that. And I'm thinking of what you mentioned about, you know, undecided, breaking heavily toward Nikki Haley. We've heard her kind of say, hey, look, I'm the only one left who would prevent a Biden-Trump rematch that, according to the polls, nobody wants to see. I, does that weigh on the Republican primary voter, though? Like, that that's the big question, right? You know, that you could say, hey, I am the person who would be more likely to beat Joe Biden. And it might be true, but how much weight does it carry in the primary? Well, it, it played somewhat in New Hampshire. But, you know, of all the primaries in this cycle, New Hampshire is probably the most unfavorable ground for Donald Trump. It's its base, its Republican base is certainly more moderate than than Iowa and a lot of the southern states. Um, and it was an open primary. In fact, I'm reading this morning that 55% of the people who voted in the Republican primary were not Republicans. They were independents and Democrats. So it was very, very favorable ground for her. Um, and you know, now we go on to, to South Carolina where Trump, again, by that average of real clear politics polls, has a 30-point lead. Now, I understand it's 30 days away from today, and a lot can happen. And this is her home state, which is kind of a blessing and a curse. I'm sure she's looking at those polls saying, this is not my state. I know my state. I can do better than this. These people voted for me twice as governor, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a competitive race. The curse is if she loses her home state. That is an embarrassment that very few presidential candidates can survive. If you go back to, to 2016, Marco Rubio, when he lost his home state of Florida to Trump, he, he withdrew right after that. So it'll be interesting to see if, if she loses a state and if she loses it big, if these polls hold up, what does she do? That, that, that's quite an embarrassment for a candidate who was a former governor to lose their own state. Well, based on most exit polls, it's the matchup that most Americans don't want, Biden versus Trump. But is that looking more and more like a reality? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's no question that unless they replace Biden. And I've said, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, and let's be honest, in either case here, you've got a 78 year old man and a 81 year old man. You know, uh, an act of God can take either one of them out of the race. I, I've always said Biden is one fall away. Uh, one frees up at a microphone like Mitch McConnell has done a few times uh, from probably being replaced. And, and the same could go for Trump. He's 78 years old. So nature could certainly take its toll. But barring that from happening, it looks now, now Trump, Trump is going to win this nomination. I, I, I don't see, given the primaries that have yet to occur and the ground that he's going to be competing on, he's, he, he's probably going to be the Republican nominee. Biden, again, there's still this undercurrent of dissatisfaction, of fear amongst Democrats, uh, and at least, uh, you know, again, under the radar discussions of replacing him. I think that's got to play out. But if, if that movement doesn't take hold quickly, uh, he's, it looks like he's going to be the nominee. And, and you're right, Susan. People don't want to see this rematch, but right now it looks like we're headed that way. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about, and I believe it was over the weekend, uh, Trump kind of uh, making fun of Nikki Haley, saying, you know, oh, look, how, how could you vote for her? Even Democrats are, are voting for her now. And I just like that's sticking with me, Carl, because I, what, 12 years ago? I mean, how long ago that would have been like, ooh, okay, maybe that's the person then that we should put in if we want to win because you need people to vote for you to <laughs> win an election. Like, hey, this person appeals to more people. Like, I, I, And that's an insult now. Like, how do we get to this point? Well, it may be an insult, but it's also reality. Trump needs the independent vote to win. His base alone gets him to about 44, 45% of the vote. He's got to win independence, which he did uh, in 2016 and then lost in 2020 by eight or nine points. Uh, if he doesn't get the independent vote, in, in 2024, you don't get to 50% plus one. And his problem is, I watched his speech last night. His speech following his victory in Iowa was, was very non-Trumpish, okay? It was very conciliatory, softer speech. Uh, last night was, was Donald Trump at his best or worst, depending on how you see him. But it was, I, it was a nasty speech. He was angry. He was lashing out at, at Haley. Uh, it was everything independents hate about Donald Trump. Uh, and, you know, again, if, if he's going to win, he's got to temper that temper that that temper of his uh, and uh, start to appeal to those folks who call themselves independent. And that's I think that's a Democrat's hope, Joe, that um, I'm sorry, Brian, that he he is he is so volatile and, you know, just let him be Trump and he will, you know, give him the rope and he'll hang himself with independence during the course of a campaign. I think that is the Democrat strategy and frankly it's, it's probably not a bad one next week is nevada carl why is that getting so little attention oh that nevada is very strange susan because it has a primary and a caucus at the uh, within a couple of days of each other the primary is is a beauty contest there are no delegates that will be rewarded for the winner of the primary so trump has said i'm not participating in that i'm going to participate in the caucus which will decide where the um, i think 20 some odd delegates will be allocated Nikki Haley's done just the opposite. She's not competing in the caucuses, but is in the primary. So uh, whatever happens in the two races, Trump will come out of Nevada with probably all of the all of the delegates. But it's 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 a very different state from what we've seen so far and what we're likely to see going forward. Interesting. Hey, Carl, thanks as always for the help. I'm sure we'll be talking again Thank soon. You. Carl Calabrese joining us live on the Trocare College Live Line.